0: This is O the Anthem 360, and I'm Anderson Cooper. I mean, Corey Baker. This is Corey Baker, and this is the O the Anthem podcast.
1: That was very well put together for the <laughs> panic that I saw on the other side of the Zoom call before I switched seats here. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 360 of the O the Anthem podcast, coming to you from all over LA, of course. But Corey is there in the hashtag OTALA studios, Hi, above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining
0: us. Yeah. Thank you for listening on your podcast. the easiest way. Anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. And yeah, it's, so it's, it's we, always we, funny we because, miss. because <laughs> you know, like it's the, I always like the Aaron Sorkin line when he was talking about like why he writes certain shows and he's just like, I always like the five minutes right before something happens. Like five minutes before the president walks onto the stage, five minutes before the start of SportsCenter, five minutes before the start of SNL, that type of moment. Uh, and that was definitely just that for me. With A scurry.
1: Uh, uh, Basically what happened is it hit the intro song, for those of you who hang out for the intro, uh, on our live recordings, which happen on Mondays. Of course, uh, you can find those on Twitch, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all over the place, uh, and the regular episode on Tuesday on anything.com. But uh, I have two screens open. OBS is how we run the show. And we are of course doing a Zoom call for our call portions of this. And I have it, and I as I'm transitioning off of the Zoom call, I just see panic happening <laughs> on the other side of the call, and I'm like, I'm flipping over at zero. So I hope he's ready. Uh, <laughs> and then I go to it, and you're just sitting there stoutly, just like, just hello ready. everyone. <laughs> like, the, I don't know what happened in the ten seconds I flipped away, but Put in
0: a newsman yeah. mode, man, I got it professional.
1: <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week, although I have to say, Corey, I don't know if you feel this. I also feel like it's slowing down, like we're getting into the place where it's almost back to normal with the number of topics, with the things that are going on. We didn't almost have a war in three different countries and also an insurrection at home in the same week.
0: Yeah. I mean, it. it it's definitely uh, it feels like we're going to the before times as far as news is concerned, but. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. I haven't been watching a lot of uh, news here recently, but it seems like there's been more of an effort to try and event ties, like, even little tiny things, because, you know, during the Trump years, we had insurrections, we had... (laughs) Crisis every day. Crisis every day, like, you know, like, what's going on with the migrants at the border? What's happening with, you know, the Muslim ban? Like, every day it was something new. And it was some big, huge, flashy, like... You know, any one of these things would have been the biggest presidential scandal of any other president's life. It's a Tuesday. And it's a Tuesday for Trump. And now we're back in Biden and it feels like boring and normal and new. And at the same time, I just feel like people at like CNN are just like, come on, let's fucking skewer him for something. <laughs> he didn't bring so his usually... pen with him. Let's spend four hours on him not bringing his pen with him. I, I usually go through the
1: same or I used to go through the same uh, kind of wake up procedure, which is. The third or fourth alarm goes off at 8.50 or so uh, after I've ignored or slept through two or three of them. And then I will sit up and like give 10 minutes. And then right about nine o'clock, TV goes on to CNN. But I would come into Aaron Burnett every morning, like breaking news. And I'm like, oh God, what's happened? What's happened? But then I realized the last three, three weeks, it's just been like breaking news, Biden going on a trip to Houston this morning. And I'm like, <laughs> Really, Aaron? Is this where we are? It was this really funny because
0: with the uh, with Wolf Blitzer with with the Situation Room. <laughs> yeah. I don't know it, I d I don't know how familiar the people are with the Situation Room, but it starts with the theme song, like the dun 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 da dun, 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 and then immediately segues into breaking news. And then Wolf yes. Blitzer is there with this paper and he's just like, you know, like turmoil today in Washington, you know, like whatever the breaking news is. Uh there was a it's day, not. and it's almost there never was a breaking. day like two weeks ago where it was yeah, it's like almost never breaking news. It's like milk is up to three dollars a gallon. It's just like, but like it's almost never breaking news. Sometimes it is, but it's almost never breaking news. But they still have the drop all the time. And then like three weeks ago, I think I, I had Wolf on like when it was transitioning to his show, and it was just like the theme song, that it was just like, "Hi, I'm Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room." I'm like, no breaking news. Like clutching my pearls. Like is nothing wrong in the world. <laughs>
1: No, he, now he's smart. He's dropped it in the middle. He waits like seven minutes in and he'll be like, and we're coming to breaking news here in the Washington <laughs> yeah. newsroom. We're going to go to uh, what's her name? The, uh, the hot girl who works at the uh, the White House.
0: Kristen Collins.
1: No, that was my impression of Wolf. He doesn't remember her name. But he's <laughs> like the hot girl who works at the White House.
0: <laughs> I thought you were asking me questions. You just put me out there. Now, I, Now everyone knows who I think the hot girl at CNN is. By the way, not a lot we of all options. Know. Not a lot. Yeah, of options. we all know who the hot girl
1: is at CNN. Um, by the way, really of, happy she's the chief White House now.
0: A lot of a lot of very pretty women, but not I wouldn't categorize as hot women. That's a that's a, a distinction of one I think at CNN there. Um, yeah, you see a lot more now. Speaking but, uh, of,
1: noticeably, I was going to say, but noticeably, nothing to talk about this week because the only thing that happened was the Golden Globe. So uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the. Uh,
0: there's other thing. We have other things. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. But let's start with the Golden Globes because uh, that just happened last night uh, all across the country because and of we the are up on format. It.
1: Yeah. Uh, Corey and I both did not watch it, so we got this morning's update news. We know exactly what happened during <laughs> I, the show.
0: So, I, I remember somebody asked me about the Golden Globes once. It must have been like two, three years ago or something like that, and they were just like... Oh, the Golden Globes are tonight. That's that's a that's a big night in Hollywood, isn't it? And I'm just like, mm, yeah, that's sure. I get, like it's on the same level as the Grammys. Like they can be bought. Like it's not a a true indication of the best of the best because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who is the voting body of the Golden Globes, is notoriously known for being awful judgments of character. And a lot of the times, it seems like it, it, it's like the FIFA of Hollywood. You know, like there, yeah, it yeah. feels so corrupt. Like fourteen people have an incredible amount of influence over what happens in the entire organization. Uh, and no I, black I maybe people. gave.
1: I was gonna say I maybe gave one <laughs> fuck about the Golden Globes until I saw the story this week that was like, oh, there are zero people of color in this at all, and the only people of color are kind of. It's it's like um. They're in their country they are the majority therefore mm. you're not really people of color because you're coming from like you're Spanish yeah, yeah. uh you're Hispanic because you're from Spain but you're like well I mean I mean it, all the people from Latin America know what I mean when yeah. I say you're 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 Spanish from Spain they know what the difference yeah. is like you're you're not really uh you're not a Latino so
0: there there's a there was a story that came out this week that said that Of the 87 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, none of them were people of color. And my surprise was not the fact that there were no members of color, even though you would think at this point they would know (laughs) to at least have, like, a couple token people in there to be like, oh, no, we got Rick or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a lot of (laughs) like a lot of racist places, institutions do. That might be the story
1: I saw that was like, well, we have a member from Spain. And I look at the guy and I'm like, "Mm, hmm,
0: Donald Trump's not racist. He's got Ben Carson. It's like, that doesn't count. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think what surprised me more was it was only 87 members. I knew it wasn't like a huge voting board, but like the academy is filled with, you know, thousands thousands of people who vote. And like, you know, they have it separated so that like, you know, if you were a, a... person in sound then you get to vote on sound awards and you know like cinematographers on the cinematography so on and so forth and actors on acting uh it's just 87 people which is i knew it was not a lot of people but that's that's really not a lot of people (laughs) now it's it's amazing that there's so much influence uh Uh, that comes from the stupid actions of 87 people it's like
1: it makes sense that it can be bought because yeah. thousands of people in the academy are like, well, I mean, we got to influence them somehow, but you have to do it on a big scale. 87 people is like, I want to fly 20 of you somewhere for a nice weekend. And, oh, I got a quarter. I got a quarter of the voting block yeah. of the entire. Uh, the entire. G- well, corner, not only so. that,
0: I, I feel like so like one of the stories that had come out during this uh, run, this <laughs> awards run was that the producers of Emily in Paris, which was a Netflix show that that was people apparently it? really don't like. It. Did I you watch seen, it? No, I haven't seen it.
1: Now somebody told me. Uh, I said like, oh, you know, there's a couple of things like Netflix keeps recommending me this uh, Emily in Paris show. So maybe I looked at it, and they were like, no, don't, <laughs> don't, don't watch it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty cold. It's not even a like. Here's why you might or might not like it. It's like, nope, don't don't watch it. It's just it okay, looks
0: like so. Sex in the City without the friendship.
1: That, <laughs> uh, they, that like, they described it as if Samantha is it Samantha? No, who's character? Carrie. If Carrie moved I mean, to I don't New know. York <laughs> I asked the one person on this podcast who would know. Uh but if Carrie moved to a new city and then basically like didn't make friends. Like just enjoyed New York City for being New York, which I'm sure is fun, but like not a show. It's yeah. That's Seinfeld. And Seinfeld's <laughs> only really good because of the friends yeah. that involved.
0: I don't know. Uh, apparently they flew like, you know, Twenty five members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association of Paris and put them up in a nice hotel and, you know, wind and dine them. And now all of a sudden, Emily in Paris is nominated for a couple of awards, which it totally doesn't deserve, according to almost anyone I've talked to about the show. Not to say yeah. that the people involved aren't doing what they can to make a good show and all. But like, you know, apparently wasn't to the level of award winning content. Well, uh, maybe
1: ten it, ten shows get nominated, and this is one of the ten best shows of the yeah. year. Well,
0: and know. there's people who are like, you know, like uh, <laughs> your nominations are against like Shit's Creek and stuff like that. So maybe you 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 can buy a nomination, but you can't necessarily buy enough goodwill <laughs> to put you over a show that should win. Either you know, like,
1: but it's Golden Globe nominated. She's the Golden Gold-nominated actress, and you'll use nominated forever, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's nothing to worry about. All their careers will be fine, and I'm sure it was money well spent as far as Netflix is concerned. I just... uh, And honestly, even
1: if I hear people talking about how bad a show it is, some of those shows... I still watch because yeah. I'm just like, I want to see what kind of train wreck this is. Yeah. I watched Shits Creek first because somebody said they hated it so much. And I asked them, well, did you like, you know, like boys in the hall or like other Canadian comedy mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Kids in the hall. And yeah. kids in the hall. Sorry. Yes. Kids in the hall. Uh, boys in the hood. Yeah. Different, different <laughs> uh, different, different, thing. Uh, and they were like kids in the hall. What's that? And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this because one, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And two, I don't trust your judgment on anything now. So, yeah. To see it, and if it's horrible, maybe I'll hate watch it a little bit until it runs out of you know flavor. If they but if then they, I loved it,
0: if they said if they responded yes to kids in the hall, I would be like, All right, well, how about SCTV? That's how you really test them on their Canadianism, Whether yeah. That's not- the
1: SNL of the uh, <laughs> of the Great White North, right? Yeah, SCTV. John
0: Candy and Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and everybody. There you go, Rick Moranis. But
1: I would like to point out since you brought it up that uh, Corey had not watched Shit's Creek until. Maybe four weeks ago, when someone—oh,
0: it was before. It, it was longer than played the, it yeah. for
1: them. No, wait, that's right, that's right. You watched a little bit of it and you said, "Eh, I didn't really like it." And I no, said, I "Let's watch and push through."
0: No, I I hadn't watched it. I was I heard I heard other people say it's one of those ones where you have to like sort of uh, the first season is good, but it's not until they really find their their path that the mm-hmm. show really takes off. Uh, yes. and I just never started so. <laughs> So I
1: forcibly made them start. We watched two episodes together, maybe. And the next time I came over, like four days later, like, oh, yeah. So we watched the first and second seasons and uh, we're entering the third season. I'm like, okay, well, this train has left. the station. (laughs) I'm glad. Uh, Also, I think I have admitted on the show before and I will continue to that Daniel Levy uh, is one of the only men in this world that I would go gay for. And that is a weird thing to say, because I, I will admit, I think he would admit he's not one of the most attractive men in the world but i don't know just everything about his personality i love and i wish i had just his ability to be like fuck you i don't care and i'm going to do what i want and i'm very funny and also marginally good looking i think we're both like sixes and i think it's a good match we're both funny we have a bad like a weird sense of humor we're both sixes what i'm saying is daniel if you're out there uh and you're still single oh. i mean just give me a call if you're in la we'll see what happens
0: i just can't wait i'm going to have to make a note <laughs> of this particular episode <laughs> Not, not because like I feel like this will, this will, you know. I don't care about the whole the gay fantasy thing going on here. I just want to, yeah. I just want to make sure that I have this clipped off for when the two of you eventually get married one day and like, you know, like oh. you're just like I, did, I didn't believe in love until Dan- Daniel came along. Uh, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna
1: clip it so that at when we are wi- like meet him in person where <laughs> we become friends and we hey hang watch out. this
0: and my my wife. <laughs>
1: My 22-year-old USC graduate wife is in the other room, and you're like, oh, hey, Candy, come here for a second. Dan, you're going to love this. Candy, let's watch this. And then uh, you play the awkward clip where I admit on the show that I'm secretly in love with him in front of my wife and uh, our new friend, Dan. I'm so. doing that
0: thing where I'm just like, it was like five minutes into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to skip ahead and find it.
1: So by the way, uh, *Shit's Creek* *Shit's Creek* won uh, Golden Globe, and basically the only thing I heard about during the whole show was just like, "Well, well deserved." Oh, and uh, Haley Cucco, uh Kaylee, Kaylee Cucco? yeah, Haley, Kaylee, Kaylee, Kaylee Cucko didn't win. Uh, so she like posted on Instagram her like sad in I'm in the dress and I'm sad picture. Mm. But other than that, um, it mostly it mostly didn't matter. And we're in L.A. and not anybody seemed to care. Uh, so that tells you how much I mean, little it matters.
0: It, it's it's one of the weirdest things just and, and we'll finish on this. But like as far as the Hollywood perspective goes, uh, it's good to have a Golden Globe win because it it helps propel you into a front runner status in the Oscars. So yeah, even though, Creek, now
1: number number one in the Oscars.
0: <laughs> well, for the movies, obviously, not the TV. <laughs> uh, but like because the the Golden Globes are right before the Oscars happen. So like a, a movie that wins a lot of golden globes will be seen as a favorable oscar contender going forward mm-hmm. um it's it's just so like i, I don't know it, it it's just like such a weird thing because it feels so bought and paid for that it's like yeah i could uh, you know my uh, my film is really good and it might get nominated for an oscar but i have to go to like i have to go to arco every day this week and get tabs from the <laughs> bottom of this box in order to be considered like it's like there's a step that goes into it. Like I'm not saying you have to go to Arco every day and buy the buy the special Oscar box, but you know saying. it would help out a lot. You know, Guillermo yeah. del Toro came in with 300 Oscar boxes the other day, so I'm like, oh fuck.
1: <laughs> um, but also, do you think that the Oscars being a little further in the year now is going to start changing that? Hopefully. 'Cause the Oscars aren't next week. It's not like the two week separation anymore. It's like a, a a month and a half, I think, now.
0: No, I, I think that I think this will pretty much remain the same. I, I more than anything, what it what it, it'll do will probably lessen the impact of the Golden Globes. Uh mm-hmm. but it will a winner will always sort of dominate news stories because somebody wants to write the headline tomorrow, you know, type in Golden Globes in your in Google and look at the news articles and it'll say the five shows that won big or the five movies that were big winners and it'll be way less about like you know what the host said or what this guest said or what you know happened here unless there's some big moment like uh daniel kalulia getting his mic mic uh mic muted was <laughs> like you know like a funny thing that happened during the zoom style telecast yeah uh but you know that that beyond that they'll talk about the the people who won big and then that'll become a Point of contention going forward, as far as like Oscar talk, so I think it'll always be there to some extent. Well, I not- would just
1: like to announce then that I'm going to go ahead and start a new show starting next year. Uh, the awards okay. are going to be given out exactly on the midpoint between the Golden Globes <laughs> and the uh, Oscars. Yeah, I'm going to call them the Corbett's. I'm going to give out a, a, golden, uh, a golden,
0: a golden, uh, a golden, a golden man hurrying to get something done right before the show's. <laughs> done.
1: Uh, let's see, I, what I really want is to take a photo, uh, like a screen grab of that ponytail you had before we started, and that's going to be the statue uh, that I'm going to give out to people. And I'll just let you know from the beginning, I can be bought and paid for. It's going to be the most influential award to
0: win, but not a ponytail, a man bun. There's a distinction. Sorry, sorry, man
1: bun, my fault. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of embarrassing things that men have done in the last, uh, you know, 24 hours. Uh, also in the news is Andrew Cuomo uh one time uh runner up for uh what what do we call it the daddy quarantine daddy quarantine, daddy. quarantine daddy there you yeah. go uh now oh he has fallen so very far because uh we call him quarantine daddy as a joke but apparently he likes other people to call him daddy for real
0: so <laughs> well we don't know all the, <laughs> we don't know all the details for sure but uh I mean be, he looks like the kind unlikely. of guy
1: he looks like the kind of guy who gets into that kind of thing. Listen, he's either he's either
0: the type of guy who who wants you to call him daddy or he's the 180% polar opposite. He's just he dresses like, like a baby and or he's no like he, on. like you know like the door closes and he's just like I like to be called a princess if you don't mind. Like <laughs> Uh but yes, Cuomo. Uh we we talked about uh the mishandling of the uh the deaths that happened in Uh, nursing homes that was the misfiling.
1: Don't say it wasn't mishandled, it was misfiled.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, either way, it was miss somethinged. (laughs) Um, and now we have a couple allegations of sexual harassment or abuse, uh, against Cuomo. Uh, one of the stories was, you know, like rubbing his hand on the backless gown of some woman and then, uh, uh, like saying i want to kiss you or something like that it's you know you're so pretty i could kiss you yeah was something
1: I, it could be listen the, these guys uh and by these guys i'm not going to say that i'm not one of them are really good at knowing what the, the line that, is Yeah, that listen i could talk my way out of this if my girlfriend was to come over here and hear me say this to you i'd be like what listen you said when we walked in she looked very beautiful i'm just saying like you're so beautiful, I could kiss you. That's just, that's a thing people say. Like, that's not a thing people say. Like, oh, it's a thing my people say, all right? I don't know what to tell you. But then, yeah. if she takes or it like the, the right or way-
0: Or the, like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just a handsy person. I like to touch people. Like-
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, there's no excuse in COVID. There's no more excuse. That I don't want those people around me anymore. Don't touch me.
0: Keep your fucking hands to yourself. Uh, I I think this the lesson that we should always take from this is don't ever trust anybody. And I'm not saying that I believed, like, Andrew Cuomo was some white knight who was going to do everything right because he had never proven himself to be that person. And look at his brother. (laughs) Look at his brother. (laughs) But, I mean, like, it's just one of those, like, I can't – like, how could you – people who have one note, it's funny to see how quickly they get in trouble and then can't wriggle free. Uh, His whole thing is, like – You know, I'm the tough guy. I'm the tough New York guy who's going to handle the, you know, like he's the bully kind of thing. And when you don't have a note to go to where you're sorry and, you know, like you made you need to make amends for something. Bully doesn't work anymore. You have to you have to be able to like from time to time. I think like Hogan is actually probably a good uh, line for this, because sometimes he'll talk. He's usually pretty even keeled. And when he needs to say something serious, he has like the serious demeanor to him. But if he needs to, you know, be tough, he's also got that tough guy move that he can go to. Drops so it's an more, octave, Yeah, it's like a little, a little spectrum of <laughs> yeah of how serious he is. Um, when you're he's one also note... got little
1: kids, by the way, and I think there's something about that. Like his daughters were like ten or something when he became governor. Mm. So he had that like, look at me, I'm a caring father, but I could drop that voice and be very much stern mm. if you want me to. Yeah, I, I could to. go to your
0: room, like. I got yeah. it in me. Don't worry about Doesn't it. Doesn't mean I don't
1: love you, but yeah. I need to be stern right now.
0: I I, I don't know what to say about Cuomo. It, I think that this is the type of these are the compounding problems that usually lead to somebody having to resign or if not resign, at least get to the point where it becomes so difficult for you to run for reelection that you can't really you just gracefully back out. You're <laughs> I'm going to spend time with my kids or whatever like.
1: Well, and I mean, listen, obviously, neither of us are from New York. Uh, We spent time there, but not in a long time. And the reason I included it is because we've talked for for weeks now, kind of about the memory of American people. And Mm. I think, number one, we can certifiably say the weekly uh, press conferences will end because no matter what he talks about, the questions that come out after it will be like, tell us about Jennifer Flowers or whatever (laughs) the girl's name is. But you know what I mean? Um, And more than that, his reelection is 2022 he's he's up for reelection in the fall in 2 years less than 2 years well, one year god damn. man <laughs> election cycles are so close together um but if he can recover and run and win then i think the chances of like trump and all of the like Cruz and all these guys surviving and re- getting reelected is high if, if he runs and loses, especially, but also if he's just like, you know what, I'm done with politics, I'm going to take a step back. I think it's a good sign that maybe polling is saying people's memories are going all the way through this COVID time and into the future and saying, hey, hey, hey. yeah, you did an okay job with COVID, kind of, you lied to us, but also you groped a bunch of people and maybe that's not okay. Um, and maybe that'll help us in 2024.
0: With the I mean, elections. I don't know if it's necessarily indicative of anything regarding the other side, just because New York is very democratic heavy like Mm -hmm. uh, like i could you could say to me that gavin newsom is going to be put into the recall election thing like it's going to get to the point where there's enough votes Uh, yes
1: update it uh looking more and more likely every single day uh so we'll see
0: yeah we'll we'll see we'll talk about it when it happens uh but in the meantime like you know it, it it looks like it could happen but at the same time like you know Faulkner from San Diego isn't going to become governor like there's not enough desire for a Republican to become governor that if it was a Republican versus a Democrat the Democrat would win in California every time that what they're hoping for is that 197 people decide to run for governor and you know a bunch of really good Democratic (laughs) candidates are all running at the same time. And then they all split the vote, and then, you know, Falconer comes in with his 10% of the vote, which is the majority. And The problem is, you know,
1: judging by uh, CPAC, which also happened this week, the Republicans can't seem to figure out what kind of party they are because I've been hearing for weeks that they are not the party of Trump, but uh, seemed, like, all I'll say is this. uh, The party of the Bible, the party that's supposed to be very conservative and Bible-loving, built a golden image yeah of a man at their festival which i'm pretty sure is covered real early in that book uh and they just did seem to ignore that part of it just like the rest of it
0: they the don't. uh worshiping of false idols is something that uh it wasn't in corinthians so people don't know like that's that's where all the, <laughs> it that's is where, the old testament that's where all the uh that's where the uh, judgment of other people comes in that's that's what christians are all about oh, no. these days
1: no no the new testament is all like good and love you'd think these guys who are all about like fire and brimstone would love old Testament God where he's like, this city really pissed me off. <laughs> Boom. You're done <laughs> off the face of the earth happens in the same book. Yeah. The golden idol. And that, that whole city being blown up. But, uh, hear him talk a lot about Sodom and Gomorrah. Also see him build golden statue.
0: So yeah. Very weird. Very weird. I, CPAC is such a weird thing because it's like, uh, it's kind of like a cosplay convention for the Republican <laughs> wonks. Like, yeah. Like, okay. So I remember when we were at Hofstra, the Hofstra Republicans were trying to organize like a a group trip to CPAC for anyone who wanted to yeah. go. Uh, and even though at the time I was a member of that Hofstra Republican thing, and even though I was registered as a Republican at that time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even though I'm a, I was a political science major and certainly wonky, I wanted nothing to do with that thing because it's so, so fucking weird. Like, how many goddamn times can you sing that same Lee Ringwood song over and over and over again and act like you're doing something important? Like, that was my that was my big problem. And it was like, You watched Sorry, you, you watched the
1: Boy State documentary, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I'm realizing as you were saying that, that like it really is boy state for it's Texas boy state where it's like all Republicans, even the Democrats are super kind of conservative. It's just let's go. It's a frat boys having fun it's, together. See, but it's
0: not, place. it's almost not even that. It's like, uh, like I kind of think of it like Orioles Fan Fest. Like if it was like, it was Orioles fan fest for Republican members of Congress in yeah. the Senate. Like I'm going there hoping I get an autograph from Ted Cruz. Like, <laughs> but
1: it's not even all Republicans. Cause again, my, what I saw this year, at least was that like, there were a lot of people on CNN saying like, no, no, I'm I, you would usually attend CPAC. In fact, uh, my husband was a founding member of CPAC back in the eighties. But yeah, uh, I, when I saw the slate of uh, speakers, I decided this year wasn't going to be for me because it's it's skewing so far to the right.
0: Well, I mean way back when, back when I was thinking about going to, or like when it was mentioned to me about going to CPAC. 20 was, years ago, you mean?
1: About yeah. about 20
0: years ago? It was <laughs> it was like a place where like the libertarian elite would get together and meet up for a little while. Cuz like they the straw poll is always like a big thing about CPAC. And yeah. for every single year for decades, it was some combination of Ron or Rand Paul who would win that thing. <laughs> Because the libertarian wing of CPAC was, like, so fucking heavy. And then yeah. as soon as it became the Tea Party, it became more of, like, a Tea Party event. But certainly a, a good degree of libertarians who were, like, still hanging but keep out. keep in
1: mind, when the Tea Party came in, they brought the Koch brothers with them. Because yeah. the Tea Party was the Koch brothers. And it also started skewing off to this, like, corporate event. Right. And, uh that's when the libertarians for in in major part who weren't tea partiers were like, this is not our show anymore. And we've continued to skew off on that exit.
0: (laughs) One libertarian, like standing in the middle of the, the, the big hotel they have in DC or wherever it is. And they're just like, well, I was so wrong about the Ramada. It was cheap. (laughs) People (laughs) liked it. The beds were clean. (laughs) I don't need to have this Waldorf Astoria CPAC convention. Like, uh, I, I, uh, I think, it, if anything, it's proven that the people who are inclined enough to go to a Republican convention, basically, like a, a non, not the GOP convention, but just sort of like a yearly convention of fandom for the GOP, yeah, is going to be heavily Trump-based right Very now. Very much so. And you know what, I, I, uh, what I found really interesting about it was that, you know, they we're the people there about, like, how they felt if Trump was on the ballot versus Trump not being on the ballot and everything like that. Overall, 94% of people who attended CPAC and filled out this questionnaire said they had a favorable opinion of Trump. Yep. Uh, 65% of them, or 65% of the people who attended, not just the 94% there, but 65% of the total number, said that they would vote for Trump again. Uh and like, 50, no questions asked. Basically, yeah, no F question. Yeah. Right now. It doesn't matter who else is on the ballot. I vote for <laughs> Trump. And then 55 said, uh, I think about it, but it would depend on who was on the ballot, which is like, so it sounds like this was like the super Trumpy, crazy CPAC uh, yeah. this year. But I, I do think that that kind of puts worry in my head, because if you were saying to yourself as Trump, I won 70 something million votes, right? Mm hmm. Uh, and of my most fanatical Perfect. supporters, yeah, only sixty five percent of them are 100 percent in for the next round you're not You're not giving yourself the the chances as much as like it doesn't seem like the the base is as up as it had been before. I think he
1: looks at that room, though, and he says, "I only need half of you." Because mm. I got a bunch of people out there that this hotel would not let through the front door.
0: <laughs> we tried and to put those people. We tried to put this old Nazi sign on the floor, and they didn't. They didn't come. <laughs> I mean, it was like the Pied or, Piper of racism. You know, he's uh he's got a whole bunch
1: of people who are on no fly list now, so it's not like they could come to CPAC after the, the fact You know, <laughs> they're being blocked from travel not to Mexico, but you know, inside the United <laughs> States, especially in DC. So, uh, you know, I think. That, well, this that, one was
0: in Florida, so. Oh, okay. So so you've been fine. Uh,
1: But 50%, I think is a strong showing there. The bigger thing for me was that every speaker, every single speaker is a believer in the big lie. And that seemed to be the message of the time is that like, our CPAC convention this year, we're going to talk about the big lie, we're going to push the big lie, and we want you thinking about the big lie for the next year. And I hate saying the big lie, because I mean, that's like a, the house managers figured, picked up that term and like pushed it. But I don't know how to refer to it. Like he didn't win. There was no fraud. He lost the presidency, so it's a lie. Yeah, and it's the lie that they're all sticking to.
0: So. Well, I mean, the big lie has always gone back to the uh the principle of you could tell a lie big enough and enough times that soon enough everyone would believe it. Um And you know, under that pretense, yes, I totally get where they're coming from here, but I. I, I do. I I also don't like it because it sort of sounds like a like a am with Ike or <laughs> like I like Ike kind of thing. Like it's like a slogan yeah. more than more than a real ideal of how the election went through. I I just I don't understand how you think that there's still something wrong. Not you, but you know the person <laughs> who you <he> thinks <laughs> yes, the yeah. person who thinks that there's something wrong with the election is still holding on to that because like. We would know by now. Yeah, especially There's no reason to keep the secret yeah. anymore. We we got it. We won. Especially considering that like the closest of the states, Georgia, was counted multiple times, including by hand. Yeah, and like it, it you know, it, it, if you think that, it, I can understand how somebody could get to you and make you think that like in, a Dominion voting machine changed votes or something. Like how that could happen because. You know, there's bugs and, and you, you have a cell phone and there's bugs in that all the time. Something happened. Your camera stopped working. Like what? You know, like
1: I can only open Instagram like maybe three days a week because they send an update that just tanks it on my phone. And then yeah. So
0: every, everyone understands how technology can go awry. But then, you know, like once they hand count them, that yeah. argument's kind of out. Right. Like, well, <laughs> 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 <So, laughs> I won't, I, I won't I, ever listen. understand these people We're just like. No, no, no. The hand counting was fucked up too. They, fu- they fucked up to almost the ex- same exact number that the Dominion voting machines fucked up. Like,
1: yes. Listen, what? one for Biden, one for Trump, one for Biden, one for the trash. I saw, <laughs> I saw the count go down. I know how it happened. But the, the Golden Globes and CPAC are both become are both essentially organizations that at one time may have served a purpose. Uh, are most certainly almost all white if not all, white completely, <laughs> and will continue to be an embarrassment going into the future. I think there's things that they have in common, and they can continue to live in that world if they want to.
0: Yeah, I, I would be more in favor of the Golden Globes sticking around, though, as opposed to CPAC. I mean... <laughs> if we only can lose one? Uh, yeah, if it's a choice. Because, you know, like, you know, the Golden I'd Globes... Like to win, you'd
1: like to win a Golden Globe, I, I understand, I'm, yes. not, I'm not saying
0: I <laughs> wouldn't win, you know, like... I'm not gonna slide a bag of money across the table, but if somebody wants to reward me for my genius, then what am I to? Who am I to say no?
1: Okay, so let me get this straight. <laughs> You're not gonna slide the bag of money across the table, but if someone was willing to slide a bag of money across the table with your name on it, hey, well, what then I then don't then.
0: know doesn't hurt. Like, uh, <laughs> listen,
1: you remain the artiste. I understand. Yes, that's if somebody,
0: fine. If somebody wants to pay for me to run for president, who am I to take a, look away their donations? You know, like. All right, well, so beyond CPAC and the Golden
1: Globes, there were two other stories I wanted to touch on this week, Uh, both of them just briefly. One, uh, there's a school in Arkansas that just today uh, had the very first shooting, school shooting uh, of 2021. And I think part of me was like, sadly, was like, wow, we made it to March without a school shooting. And then immediately I said, wait, like 70% of schools are not in session. So that's probably not, uh, or not like, physically going to a school building. Yeah. So that's probably not as good as I thought. And it pushed me down this rabbit hole of like, well, what what was 2020 like when most kids were home for most of the year? And school shootings were down. To zero, you might ask? No. To 25. There were 25 school shootings uh essentially in about 40 days of in-person con- uh school last year. So, it happened to different places, different times, but The U.S. school children averaged 40 days of in-student instruction last year, whether it was before COVID or at some time during COVID, the middle of the year, end of the year. I mean, California, we were in school for a while before they actually shut it down. When things were terrible out east, they were still like, oh, we're fine here. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, the the cases hadn't really gotten to us yet, and the schools were still open at that point. But I remember there was a point where New York was closed and L.A. was still open.
1: Yep, and yeah. then for a while New York reopened and L.A. was like, no, we are not reopening and then New York closed again because yeah. uh, it was bad. But, but so they 40 kept 40 the days bars open. <laughs> kept the bars open. Well, because, uh, you know, those are the voters. Fuck these kids. <laughs> voters are the ones who go to the bars. Um, but so in 40 days of instruction, there were 25 school shootings, which is sad, yeah. but also very low. Uh, wait, so there was about one school shooting per day or per two days of instruction. 2018, we were running at a rate of about one per day of school instruction. So, you know, um, things are fucked. And I think you said it aptly in our our kind of like setup call, our pre-show meeting call, where you were just like, uh, not only do we have the stuff from before that was causing school shootings at the rate of one per day, but now we have a bunch of kids who have for Eight months, 12 months, maybe more for some kids just had unaddressed mental health issues caused by covid now being pushed back into an instructional environment. And we have no idea how that's going to impact. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm really uh, I'm really concerned about the children going forward because there's already been a lot about people having more mental health issues as related to not seeing their friends, not going to school, not having that normal interaction that I think all people really need to some degree. Like you might be the type of person who wants to be a loner, but you still want to have a couple people around to <laughs> to, to feel alive at some point. Um and I I just feel like, you know, the the mental health issues that would rise from an event like this are going to have catastrophic impacts on the other side when schools are open like they had been before. Yeah. And uh you know, more than anything I I really wonder about just it I haven't like looked into this too much, but just sort of from my own perspective of mental health issues, like I'm I'm not I don't have very bad problems like a lot of people do, but you know, I you can have a mild depression every once in a while. Uh I get into that state where I'm like nobody likes me. And sometimes I feel like that's because I don't see other people. (laughs) You know, like you sort of get into that stage where it's just like, oh, Rob hasn't physically been in my presence for two weeks. So he might hate me now. But like, that's the type of thing. Well, I hated you even when I (laughs) saw you most (laughs) more often than (laughs) that. That's the type of thing that like, you know, you can you can brush off if you're a little bit uh, more stable in your in your mental health. You can sort of say like, no, no, no. I'm just getting ridiculous. I'm just saying these things. Uh, of course, now Rob's giving me a complex. But <laughs> uh, you say, ladies, like, <laughs> imagine what it's like to date me. Hey. You can, uh, you can put together, you can put together in your mind like how somebody who isn't able to properly compartmentalize these feelings could develop something that would hurt themselves or others. And I, I think that a big thing we're all going to have to deal with on the other side of COVID is the mental health crisis of not just the children who are sort of like being stripped of their ability to learn how to be people. Because school more than I, sure, you learn, you know, like what the Magna Carta is and stuff like that. and hydro- Corey, what's a Magna Carta? <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just, uh I think that,
1: we're, we're gonna. So you were saying you learn how to be people. While yeah, you're, you're it's in not just
0: about well. the knowledge you learn; it's about learning how to interact with other people and to make friends and to deal with, you know, problems and you know everything that will set you up for being, you know, the person you will be once you leave school. So yeah, I, I, I and, just and
1: so I I'm not so involved with high schoolers, but obviously I have a three year old going on four year old in my life that essentially. Went to started going to what he called school, which was like an advanced daycare center where they treat it like school, but it's daycare. And he had that for three months from his birthday until March, essentially, before they shut down. Yeah. And so now I'm like reading reports and buying these books that are written by psychologists that are like here's what you can expect when someone's uh, interrupted basically where they, they start their social development and then you have to pull them out and then, Oh wait, now we're going to shove you back in. So it's just been you and mom for a while. And mom just, of course, loves you no matter what you do, even when you scream and punch her in the face, (laughs) she still loves you. Um, And kids aren't going to love you if you scream and punch them in the face. So, uh, so I, I, I'm buying these books and sending them to to my sister. Like, all right, so here's one about anxiety and how to deal with anxiety. And it's like, I know that you and I probably never thought about anxiety when we were four, but this is a whole thing where like people he knows have died. Like I didn't have to deal with oh, miss so and so not going to be around anymore when I was four. Like every my first death was high school when I lost somebody close to me. So I don't know any how he's going to deal with that. Anything I can do? Here's a book. Here's about how to uh, transition back to being around other people.
0: (laughs) Well, you know the world doesn't revolve around you. One thing is that I think that. More than anything, it's there's reps involved with seeing other people. Yeah. And I know that when I was a kid, if I felt like I misspoke in front of somebody else, it would weigh on me all day. I'd be yeah, like,
1: But you you'd get another shot the next day though. Yeah,
0: but you know, and eventually you'd be like, you know, like, oh maybe I can cover for this. I can be a nice person and cover for <laughs> the stupid thing I said that one time, right? Yeah. Uh but you know, like even I, I, I when I went to go pick up lunch earlier. I had a moment where like I opened the door and one of the employees was walking out of the door. uh, And for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to tell her that I was there to pick up my food. And she was in the middle of doing something else. But like I opened the door and I'm just like, hi, here to pick up for Corey. She's like, "Okay, just go up to the counter. And I'm like, right. I'm not interacting with enough people. I do stupid things. And this is the type of thing that would normally weigh on me. And if right. I was a kid, yeah. if I was, like, you know, in seventh grade, it would really bother me for, like, probably a week or so.
1: Just laying in bed, <laughs> like, why did I say that? Until I could see
0: that person why? again and just be like, I need to recover from this awful moment, you know. It's like the <laughs> the Uber driver dropping you off at the airport. It's like, have a safe flight. Yeah, you too. You like... Too. <laughs> <laughs> like- How do I recover from this?
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, in seventh grade, you'd be like, all right, so I'm going to go back to that place. And then you go in. That same person is behind the counter. And she's like, here to pick up? And you're like, having a great day. How's your day? And then you're like, fuck.
0: Yes, uh, order for Corey, please. And then
1: you're just laying in bed like, all right, so two. All right, two out of three. I fucked both of the two. How high do I have to go to make up for this? But uh yeah listen it's i think that that's absolutely right we don't know how this is going to impact kids and we weren't in a good place before we're not coming out of a place where it's like hey we got school shootings down to one a year yeah we were I, at one a day and now we have a whole new batch of mental health problems on top of it
0: I, I i would say that the best way to get through it is if everyone could just agree to be kind and patient with people <laughs> but the, bro- <laughs> the problem is that's like how, how, why do i even bother suggesting that it's not going to happen like you know like do you have
1: a tiktok cuz i'm not sure you're <laughs> in with the movement right now do i don't know if you're down with the culture
0: no but it's like you know like when you when you used to see a kid and they would say something to you just like you know like a tyrannosaurus is a dinosaur like yeah. you know you don't go like shut up i know this already like <laughs> you go like so oh that's great thank you for telling me like you know you and i are <laughs> of the generation where we say oh that's
1: great <laughs> I saw a grown man argue with a child about dinosaurs <laughs> and the child was correct. And I didn't want to have to go over there and just like, how is, what's that going to do to that man's mental health that I'm 22 <laughs> and this eight-year-old is more correct about this subject. And I am trying to school him on it, but I really wanted to see, I'm too nice. I'm not really that nice even, but I wanted to go over there and be like, just so you know, uh, kid, you're absolutely right. Keep it up. Study hard. You don't reproduce. Let's just <laughs> cut this off at the root, if we can.
0: Yep. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> but other other uh, issues of violence in our society, not only just shootings in uh, schools, but, hey, the country as a whole. Now, listen, we haven't gotten a stimulus yet. We don't have a real plan for vaccinating all of america yet uh there are problems running rampant all across this country not including systematic racism and uh the police which are both still issues the courts Uh, i watched too many documentaries in the last week to even name all the subjects but one problem we're not going to have in the future is iranians in syria attacking american troops because we drop bombs on them and they're dead and that will solve the problem once and for all as history has taught us yeah i mean you know no. a
0: proportional response equals no more violence ever i think that's that's yep. basically it's rule yep. number one isn't it <laughs> uh i mean yeah if you ask
1: the u.n if you ask the u.s uh, department of defense that's how we do it it's like listen they take two of ours we take 20 of theirs and then it's done forever yeah. there's
0: no blood feuds. it's fine <laughs> i uh we we wondered exactly what level of same old, same old president we were going to have with Biden. And listen, uh, I think the book is still early to tell, generally speaking, how this is all going to go. Sure. But the idea that we're we're concerning ourselves with the sort of proportionate response style of military interventionism is not something that I necessarily wanted to go back to. Uh, I was hoping that maybe we could have a new A new break but at the same time i knew that biden was you know of the same cloth of every president i've ever known in my lifetime so the likelihood of him being deciding to change things up was not going to happen like i
1: want to shock you with something yeah i was hoping that biden would be more like ronald reagan
0: (laughs) what What you say (laughs) what
1: how so because cocaine was widely available and very cheap. Well, yes, but also because uh when American troops were killed uh in uh, cuz it uh, was damn. so much
0: easier to get the attention of Jody Foster.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh no, not Syria, uh Lebanon. When American troops were killed in Lebanon, uh Reagan was just like, "Okay. Let's bring our boys home. You don't want us there? We're going to leave." Now, He also had an interventionist policy in a lot of places because he left Lebanon and invaded Grenada, which was just an island that needed to be invaded for reasons that only Reagan understood, mainly that he needed to get reelected. But uh, And a thousand people died. By the way, uh, the staircase, the girls who were adopted by the guy, their father was killed in Grenada. He was one of the thousand Americans killed in the invasion of Grenada. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That, that's what sent me back down that rabbit hole. But so he basically said they were going to blow up our our marine barracks in uh, Lebanon. We're going to pull out and now we're going to leave them to themselves. And turns out, uh, although you, some may disagree, uh, it turned out pretty all right. The Lebanese settled their civil war. They established a government. Uh, they are very anti-Israel. That part's probably not great if you're you know looking for peace in the Middle East. but. As far as it's concerned, Lebanon itself is relatively stable, especially compared to Syria now. Um, but uh, we invaded Grenada and they've never recovered. And we were in Colombia and Nicaragua and uh, all over the Southeast Asia and South and South America. And those places are in terrible shape now, wherever we uh, were interdicting ourselves. Yeah. Maybe maybe Biden could be more like Reagan. It, the first thing, just the one example of like, all right, so you're saying UN, you're telling me proportionate response. My response is going to be,
0: "We're pulling our boys out, and uh, good luck." Yeah, I mean, there's always been a a kind of the the the, sh- the recent history of U.S. foreign interference has always been like, "Hey, this really big kid is picking on this little kid. I'm going to go defend <laughs> the little kid," and yeah. then it became, uh, like the like, "Hey, this little kid all on his own is deciding to have his own." <laughs> like government that's different than what we want so we're going to go interfere with it. Like yeah. there's a lot of like it started off like oh we're going to have the back of everyone who who can't defend themselves kind of thing and then it quickly became we know how to pick winners so we're going to go out there and pick winners. And there's times where I wonder if like like you can't leave Iraq. Like so part of this was uh you know it it happened the bombing happened in Syria but it was iran fighters uh who were helping train you know all this is <laughs> alleged so t- yes. this is from the DOD so I, I don't you know until i get better information i don't know what to tell you but uh the idea being that <clears throat> the uh in Syria the uh iranians were training iraqi counterinsurgent fighters uh yeah. to Take out U.S. troops in Iraq. So the U.S. can't leave Iraq because we've sort of created a mess and we have to fix it. But if it was another situation, there is like this kind of world where if the U.S. was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're done. We're leaving. And then everyone in the Middle East starts doing the like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, you can't leave. Well, you won't do it again. I promise. Like, you know, there's there's a little bit of like if you threaten to pull out, then maybe they'll they'll shape up. Which is what Reagan did a couple times. Well, uh, I,
1: I think the part of that though is when we threaten to pull out, the people who are like looking at it and saying, "I want to be strong." We are not dealing with those people, and oftentimes those people are just a different religious sect than them. That's yeah. why there's violence. And the U.S. says, and by the way, I think your example is apt. There was a pillow fight happening between a bully and a smaller kid, and the U.S. comes in and hits the bully on the head with a hammer, and now nobody knows the pecking order around here anymore. And then we were like, well, we'll just pick who's in charge. Cause we're really good at that. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you would do that. Um, and then sometimes the people would say, we actually don't agree with that. We're going to pick somebody else. And then we would assassinate that person and put our guy back in charge. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's what we do. But I think a little bit of us just saying, listen, here's the date we're pulling out. You guys got to settle up. It's up to you. And that brings people to the table. They're like, okay, so if we don't have American troops, we're not ready to defend ourselves. That means civil war. Or uh, maybe the fact that I'm Sunni and you're Shia doesn't really make that big of a difference. And we should come to some kind of coalition government here. Uh, And maybe we should say, you know, Iraq shouldn't be a country. Um, The North should become Kurdistan, along with probably parts of Turkey and go to the Kurds. And the East should go to the Shia and they can create their own state that is very similar and probably supported by Iran. And the West will be a Sunni state and will be supported by Jordan and Saudi Arabia. And maybe it's not, uh, maybe it is call- cutting it into a desert and calling it peace, but it's still peace. But we are so, we've made this mess now and we feel like we, I can fix this. I can fix. It. It's like when you fuck up a recipe and you're like, all right, so that was way too much salt. What do I need to put it into this to undo the salt? and it's just going to get worse and get worse see but every a-
0: every attempt hopefully gets you to a better solution but the problem is that every <laughs> single time you're attempting it you're cooking a different recipe yes so you're yeah. just like oh i put too much salt in that cake so i shouldn't do it for my fries and then you realize you fucked up the fries now too because you didn't <laughs> put enough salt in like the 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 long run problem with the with us interference in other countries affairs is that you're going to end up with like Trying to learn lessons from one country which don't apply to another, like you know, like nothing about what you learned in Vietnam is going to help you in Colombia, you know, like yeah. There's just well, not... how about this? How about this?
1: <laughs> Every time we inter we have interdiction in a country, it's America saying, "I really like an omelet for breakfast." All right, omelet's almost ready. Let me flip it and scrambled eggs. So maybe we should just go in <laughs> saying, "I'm gonna have scrambled eggs for breakfast," and understand that that's what it's going to be or don't make breakfast skip breakfast like i do
0: or we could just go to the to the uh to the idea of like the canada version where it's just like hey don't make me come over there it's like you ain't coming over here it's like fine we weren't coming over there <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we yeah, told that's... you not to let us come over there just so it's clear <laughs> we drew a line in the sand and we did not cross it we we told you how we felt about it and then did nothing <laughs> about it
1: Well, it sounds a lot like you're talking about uh, our COVID response here in the United States, uh, which is, of course, the last big news story of the week. uh, And I guess in several parts. The first part being, um, as I pointed out, we found the money to bomb Syria. Still haven't found the money for a stimulus. So listen, uh, for people like me who've been working throughout the pandemic and who have suffered almost no repercussions economically of uh, the pandemic itself, uh, the risk super high and not really happy about it. But economically, I'm doing better than ever. I have enough money saved now that I can move to uh, Belize for three years and just Mm -hmm. not work and just live. Uh, Thanks, John McAfee, uh, for giving me the guidance on where I should go (laughs) and how much it costs to be there. So I'm doing fine. There's a lot of Americans who are not, though.
0: Sometimes I feel like your YouTube history kind of like – YouTube knows when two people are friends and they start putting over some <laughs> videos from one to the other. He's, he's got to talk about this. You I need get to watch a, this. I get a remarkable amount of YouTube videos where the cover image is like one per, like a guy <laughs> smiling with like a $5 bill and he's just like, my life in Belize. And like, <laughs> Or, or uh, Google saying, <laughs> like your friend's this, about so to make cool. a terrible decision. <laughs> maybe, maybe you, you should, should stop it. him from doing this.
1: <laughs> uh, so this no COVID stimulus. Uh, not yet senate i mean still we poverty. we
0: have that we have that house voted on uh their portion of it we're going to see what happens with the senate uh yes. right now the most conservative or most moderate i guess members of the democratic senate are sort of holding out for their issues like it, it, Chris cinema uh fucking uh what's his face in west virginia Oh, uh, why did I forget? Warren Hatch? No, that was uh, no. Utah. No,
1: Warren Hatch. Now, yeah, what's the uh,
0: Bird. Robert Bird? <laughs> that, was another, Is that, talking about? that was another West Virginia. Uh, Manchin. Uh, Joe there. Manchin. That's who I was thinking yeah, of. Uh, Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema. They're sort of holding up the Democratic side. Uh, and then uh, uh, on almost any issue, it seems like, where the Democrats could just come together and get something passed there's somebody who's holding them up including uh Diane Feinstein has done that about the filibuster filibuster uh again proving that Diane Feinstein really needs to fucking go but yes can we vote her out please Corey? If you, who is the california if Diane Feinstein and Joe Manchin are effectively the same person and one of them has to worry about getting elected in west virginia and the other one absolutely does not then <laughs> we have in serious, california yeah
1: uh Yeah, uh, so I I had on the schedule for us to talk about uh, the 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 filibuster and the parliamentarian, and uh, yeah, we're going to skip over that because I I still think we have time for it. In the end, it comes down to this: it's about rules, and you can change the rules of the Senate, but you have to have support. And the Dems have a fifty plus one majority right now, where the fifty, as it has been historically, isn't united about anything. So they can barely get some good stuff done. Here's the reality. The $15 minimum wage hike will not survive the bill. The COVID no. bill will move forward eventually. It'll have money in it for different stuff. It won't be the $15 minimum wage. And when I say eventually, I mean at some point, because right now we're looking at an April rollout of the stimulus, if at all. So we may be through 50% of the vaccinations or more because we we hit 50 million of the 100 million this week. So maybe more, 50% before we hit the stimulus that was supposed to come months ago. Yeah. In the depths of the uh, COVID pandemic. So uh, I said this in the pre-show meeting. This is no way to run a government. This is no way to run anything. But the fact that this is how our government runs makes me sad. And it should make everybody sad. This is what you vote for. This is what your tax dollars are going for. And every day, I recognize the irony with which I say this, every day that we do not march on D.C., <laughs> drag them out and hang them and a Vote new people in
0: is a missed opportunity. I don't. I'm beyond the point of of changing the system that we currently have because the same things that allowed the problems to rise to the top will happen over and over again. Revolution! I hear you, Corey. (laughs) I'm with you. Let's
1: overthrow the whole damn system. The whole damn system's corrupt. We got to get rid of the whole system.
0: I think. I think the problem is that we. No system would fix it though either. When the revolution I, starts, I, let it be known, Cory <laughs> Baker
1: started it right
0: here. First of all, I think uh I think nobody will believe you say <laughs> <laughs> Be like Trump being like Trump being like, I didn't do it, she did it, she sexually harassed herself. <laughs>
1: Listen, every conspiracy I didn't follow patsy, her-
0: Corey. I didn't follow her into the women's changing room. She went into the women's changing room and she did it to herself.
1: Every conspiracy needs a patsy, and I think I just <laughs> found mine. So, you know. Listen, good but, news, though. Go ahead. Sorry, go
0: ahead. No, no. I was uh, Just on the last point on the stimulus, though. Like, I-, I think that eventually we'll get there. There's going to be some hand-wringing about certain parts of it. And since the parliamentarian has thrown out the minimum wage, which seems to be one of the bigger sticking points, mostly to – you know, and <laughs> while I think the minimum wage needs to be increased, the national yes. minimum wage – I can understand somebody like uh, fuck. I forgot his name again already. Uh, Joe Manchin Manchin from West Virginia, uh, not wanting to not wanting to double the cost of the minimum wage in a state that is poorer, as opposed to a state like like you know like you would say to yourself like well it needs to be fifteen in California and it will be because the state of California has passed individual laws that will bring the state minimum wage to fifteen. New York has done the same. Uh I think that the there's while I think we should work on a system that would eventually get everyone to 15, I don't know if the the idea of every single year bringing up a little bit and then 10 years from now or 5 years from now we have $15 in West Virginia makes a lot of sense because if you raise it by a dollar an hour over 10 employees over the course of a year you're talking about you know, $16,000 that you're adding to your payroll costs, which, you know, you think you can afford, everyone thinks every business can afford it, but not every, you know, like a a tackle shop is not the same as a McDonald's, you know? Let's not
1: get into that because they can't afford it. They can't afford it, uh, but I'm not going to get into that today because I don't want to embarrass you more than (laughs) one time, and I've already done it so many times today. So let's just say, uh, aside from that, I think that their mansion is right in the fact that People need assistance now, unemployment insurance, rent, uh, eviction protection. These important things that are in the bill, this is not the hill to die on, on this particular bill. Like, yes, we need to increase the minimum wage. It doesn't have to be now. And there is things in this bill we need now. So let's pull it out. Maybe we can even get some Republicans to vote for this. And we don't need to bring the VP over from Annapolis. Let's just figure out what we can agree on in this bill and get it done. And yes, everybody ideally would love all these great things. But again, this is the government that you voted for. So this is the government that we have. Yeah. And every day that we leave them in power, they should do things like this. I think, unbelievably, I agree with Joe Manchin. Not that it shouldn't be raised, because I think it should be raised nationally, and I can explain to you why if we have more time. But that this is not the place to do it. When, if the, if the rules allowed it, fuck it, let's fight it, and let's just get it done. But if it doesn't allow it, the parliamentarian has ruled, so... Unlike the Republicans during the uh, impeachment trial, let's just say it's been settled. That vote is done. Let's vote on the rest of the bill and be done with it uh, so we can get some assistance to people. So and, you know, kind of in the same vein, Johnson and Johnson got their emergency uh, use declaration from the FDA. So, uh, again, getting to that idea of like, let's just get help to people now. Not that we don't have enough vaccine because we've purchased enough for every American to get two at this point but johnson and johnson is one dose it doesn't need to be chilled at negative 90 so it's a lot easier to get out to places
0: yeah just Um, regular refrigeration will do
1: and i you had an interesting point i can't remember it so the about people going shopping for vaccines and why that might happen
0: yeah i mean i i've heard it i've heard people saying like you know like oh i want the pfizer Or over the Moderna or like, I don't want the Johnson and Johnson. I would rather have the Pfizer or Moderna. And I think a lot of people are hearing about these efficacy rates where, you know, like Pfizer and Moderna were like 95, 94 percent, whereas the Johnson and Johnson one was 66 percent or something like that. 70 percent. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: And I would say don't worry about it that much. It, just personally speaking, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm just going off of the, the information that I receive from other doctors and scientists. Uh, the The most important part, the reason why this is a miracle and we should be treating it more like a miracle is that, uh, number one, we got this vaccine in record time. And it's not because all of a sudden we finagled some things and made it happen. There was a lot of really important innovation that took place in vaccines in the last 10 years that have made this possible. Yeah. Uh, So that's number one. Number two, uh, just because you hear 90-something for Pfizer and Moderna and then 70-something for Johnson & Johnson doesn't necessarily mean that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is less capable of keeping you from dying from coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Because so far- Uh, From all the people who have been in clinical trials that have been like, you know, like they follow these people after the trial is over to see what the long term effects are. Nobody has gotten seriously ill, like hospital ridden ill after the vaccine has taken fold. And yeah, no deaths. So if we can go there was the talk at the beginning of the 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 whole pandemic where it was like, well, if you're young and healthy and. You get it and it's like you have a bad cold for a week or like a flu. Like, why wouldn't you just get it and then you're immune and you're good? Like, (laughs) that kind of logic. I believe I may have said that. Yes, I may have said that at the beginning. That kind of logic can sort of be replaced by the vaccine of any of these ilk because they can all basically do the thing where it, it gives you the immunity with very little side effects and allows you to go back to living your life. Like...
1: Yep. And And listen, if if you don't want the J&J, that's fine. I'll take yours. If you qualify for it, just let me know. I will come and get it because in the end, my concern is death. That's not on my own terms and a serious hospitalization that eats through all my Belize money. And then (laughs) I have to go into debt for. Well,
0: what what amazes me about this whole thing, too, is just that, like. You you. I know that I didn't necessarily want to come on the podcast and start talking about the miracle vaccines that we've created uh, because I don't want people to think that, like, you know, any vaccine that we were going to get was going to be some miracle drug or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things about the process in which we've gotten from where we were a year ago to where we are right now, which is incredible based off of the yeah. history of medical science. And, you know, the the... You'll hear a, a thing every once in a while about like you know 97% of the pictures that have ever been taken in the world have been taken in the last year or the last like, oh, no, 10 no, years no. because a <laughs>
1: 90% of the of the pictures that have been taken have been taken in the last 6 months and that continues yeah. every 6 months we take that many more pictures because we can take so many pictures so often.
0: Right. Like and something something like that is just like it's not because we weren't taking pictures before we just never had the ability to take as many as we fucking wanted to, <laughs> like yeah. all the time. And uh, like Corey and I grew up in the time where you took twenty four,
1: and then you you went to the Kodak place and you dropped them off, and then you God, to, I hope, you had, I to hope caref- okay.
0: <laughs> you had to carefully make sure that it was all in line before you hit the button because you didn't want to waste one
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and maybe you take two or three
1: because you're like if the light's not quite right i'd get one i'll get one good one well
0: i mean if it was a really serious like you know if it was like a christening or something like that or a first communion you take a couple of the same one because every once in a while there would be a problem with development in the lab yeah you don't want to lose that one really good picture you took of all the grandparents (laughs) so you take a couple just in case the lab fucks one up you got you got extras um it was the dark ages, people. You have no idea. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it—it's it, really amazing that we're at this point, and like, w- we should really be super thankful for everything that happened. Uh, Rob and I used to get into NASA conversations all the time. Let's not do it again now because we don't got time for that. We still do. We still do. Got time for that.
1: Landed on Mars, helicopters on <laughs> Mars, motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. All right. The one
0: thing, the one thing Rob would constantly come back at me for, whenever I would say, "Why are we giving NASA so much money to blow shit up?" is he would say, "You know, like oh, in 1972 they were trying to discover this, but because of the money they spend in NASA, they discovered this instead, and now because of that, we have the internet or whatever, like whatever thing came from a discovery that started from some mistake from NASA." the internet's uh, one of them by the way yeah. yes um and that's kind of where we are in just the fact that we've committed enough matter, uh money and energy into medical research that we've been able to create these vaccines again i, I always fuck it up mrna vaccine mrna yeah, yeah and
1: that, that's the the big news is this is the first and i didn't realize that it's the first mrna vaccine ever yeah and they're saying that like Pfizer and uh, Moderna are going to probably lose money on this vaccine because all the resources they put in, they can never make it back because once everybody gets one, then it's like, oh, that's it. But they might develop an HIV vaccine based on mRNA technology, which was unheard of before. They're like, we'll never be able to get a vaccine for this because the virus is just, it adapts too quickly, it changes. And then they're like, oh, well, this mRNA thing that we're using for covid would work exactly the same way for HIV. So, yeah, uh as soon as we're done with this whole COVID thing, we're going to dive into that HIV problem yeah. that we've been dealing with for, you know, 40 years.
0: So, and I mean, you know, just things like it, it it works like that in a way too because like you might donate to, you know, a AIDS-based charity or something like that for money to go to AIDS research. But the things that they discover while they're trying to work on the AIDS research is something that helps covid vaccines like you know the 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 way you never know where it's going to end up you know like where the discovery will eventually get you but
1: this this mrna vaccine came out of cancer research because they've been trying to take uh the measles virus reprogram it so that it will attack cancer cells but leave healthy uh, cells alone so that you don't have to get um uh, where they put the poison in you? Uh, chemo. Chemo. Yeah. So you don't have to get chemo. So essentially, this will only attack the cells that are cancerous and leave all the other cells alone. There was another.
0: Using... There was another version of that they were trying too, wasn't there? Beyond measles.
1: Oh, they tried it with a bunch of viruses, but they failed completely. Yeah. But it required mRNA technology, which is how we learned how to do mRNA stuff, and now they're like, oh, so it failed when trying to treat something, but will work really well in this vaccine arena because we only really need that one protein where it failed here. We learned it and we can use it here. And so that's the thing is if you've given your money to the American Cancer Society and you're like, well, we still have cancer. What was, well, the COVID vaccine is in part due to the research they were doing into lung cancer with viruses. So it all works together. And now all you know, our COVID uh, virus—it sucks that we've gone through all this, but we've learned so much in a 12-month period that may help us medically in the future.
0: Yeah. So, uh, if you're out there, if somebody says uh, you can get your Johnson and Johnson vaccine right away, but you'd have to wait for your Moderna or Pfizer, I would not. Uh, I would not delay. Just get your get your Johnson and Johnson. You'll be fine. Also, just a, a quick note, just a, something for people to consider: when Pfizer and Moderna started. First testing their vaccine, they were mm-hmm. testing when there were way less people and way less cases out there, which yes. is going to change the number of efficient like it's it's like saying like uh me and Rob have the same car, but his got better gas mileage on a perfect seventy degree day than mine did during a snowstorm where I was trying to Listen. like go uphill <laughs> you know like it's like there's, but if I'm selling the car, it <laughs> still looks better.
1: That's all I'm saying. There's different yeah.
0: circumstances here. The cars are effectively yeah. the same. The way that they, but, they read out the numbers are, are a little bit different, but that's... And J&J can
1: say that theirs is effective uh, at a high rate against the South African variant, the UK variant, like, because during their testing period, they can we, they tested with people who had all of these variants, and 72% was the efficacy across all variants. Yeah, Pfizer was done testing, essentially, by the time we had our first real variant. So get the Pfizer. It also may mean you need a booster in six months and another booster six months after that, whereas the J&J went, it's like, hey, you're going to get sick, but it's just like the flu vaccine. Sometimes you get the flu vaccine, and it means when you get the flu, you have two days where you feel kind of crappy instead of nine days where you want to die.
0: Yeah. So. But that's the... Just get it, please. If you're if yeah. you're listening, to it, you're curious. Get it. This and I,
1: it. I have listen. I have a whole thing. I've decided, Corey, I'm going to save it. I'll do my own uh, ranting video about uh, the vaccine rollout because I have thoughts. I know people ask me this week. It's all fucked up and it's all political and it's all sucks. But I'll, I'll put that on my own video this week. So
0: okay. Yeah. I mean, we can get to it next week. I just didn't want to. I, I we, we during our pre-show we had a a long thing, and most of it was involved with me not understanding exactly what Rob was saying. So he well, was yelling for like a half question, an hour. And...
1: Me asking a question, you giving an answer to a question I didn't ask, me insisting about the question, <laughs> and then you giving a different answer to a question I didn't ask, and then uh, round and round we go.
0: I think it like uh, it felt like one of those – there was a, a meme I saw where it was like uh, my, my wife was really upset, so I came up to her and I asked her, do you want me to solve the problem or do you want me to listen? <laughs> and I think – when Rob said that, I was in the, like, I need to solve a problem stage. And really what he needed me to do is listen. <laughs> so, like.
1: Are you comparing me to Rachel now? Because if so, we're going to have to turn this off and have some words.
0: <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No, I'm just saying. I've never been committed to one person for as long as <laughs> as you in my entire <laughs> life. It feels like I've been married to you forever. By Any- the
1: way, uh, I, I don't want to, get to go past without mentioning it. It is the 11th anniversary of the fuck turtle incident uh, that occurred in Baltimore. So we've mentioned it for the sixth consecutive year on the podcast, the anniversary of fuck turtle. So, yeah, yay. it's been a long time. And by the way, that was, uh, let's see, 11th anniversary means that was seven years into us being
0: friends. Well, if you want to send Rob and me a little something for all our marital bliss, you know where you can go? Wait, wait, uh, where's that? Oh, the anthem.com Corey of the or oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. Four, four, three, two, one, nine, seven, five, nine,
1: five. What's that number again?
0: Four, four, three, two, one, nine, seven, five, nine, five. Uh, you can find more of me at my website, corybakerfilmmaker.com, facebook.com forward, forward slash Corey Baker film and at legends to be five on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, I spent this week reading, I got a new book, uh, the Justin Fenton gun trace task force book, uh, and uh you can still go see Never and Again out on BET+ Plus and Amazon and wherever you get fine f- films and uh working on other things so <laughs> a long string of me saying I'm working on other things but trust me I'm working on other things right now it's just staring into the room waiting for Roberto to read my script so I can get <laughs> some
1: goddamn notes <laughs> okay. To be fair, uh, I do also have the script and I have it open, and I have p- notes on like the first ten sec, ten pages. But, yeah. Uh, that's as far as I made it.
0: Well, I also uh, i i have i have been while I was working on reading Justin Finn's book, I was also reading a little bit of yours too. So, I fair have enough. I will yep. have notes for you. Yours is much longer than mine, though. So <laughs> it's,
1: oh, it's multiple things as well. Yeah. I don't know what the most recent things. Oh, it's just the uh, the review of the books, right? Yeah. Uh, which I'll talk about in a second. One question, though. What is the 19th anniversary? What gift do you give people on their 19th anniversary?
0: I don't know. Do you want me to find out?
1: Yeah, look out while I'm talking, because just a reminder, folks, this August will be uh, 19 years. Corey
0: and I have known each other. so. 19th Amendment? That's not what I'm looking for? Uh, Nope. Nope. Nobody cares about that one. Uh, So you can find (laughs) more. They were bringing up, by the way, they were bringing up the 10th during CPAC, and I was just like, I wonder what the Google Trends on 10th Amendment is going to (laughs) be. Nobody knows what it is. Who the fuck knows? Uh, By the way, that's why uh, during the
1: uh, things I, during the all unsettledness over the past five years, I've always said uh, protect the third. I want to go out with a sign that says enforce the third amendment and just wait for people to ask me because they have no idea yeah. what it is.
0: The traditional gift for the nineteenth year is bronze, so hmm. uh, maybe get you a little bronze statue or something like that.
1: No, I, we don't have to get gift for each other. I was saying if the fans want to give us a gift, I know. I'm
0: saying the maybe they year, can so. get they they can gift a little bronze statue of Rob that will make him.
1: Oh, I, I was going to suggest that uh, I'm putting out these little statues. Uh, uh it's a it's a commemorative Corbett. You know, that will be coming out next spring <laughs> with the man buns. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, if anybody <laughs> would like to purchase a Corbett, we'll get those made in bronze instead of gold and send them out as gifts. So, uh, but uh, you can find more of me at Robert and on all your social networks. Uh, make sure you check out Robertencheek.com Where you can find links to all the, the stuff that I'm doing, including uh, the books, which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. And uh, on that note, I have now reviewed and edited all three of the original uh, Movement Universe books to have them all republished this year so people aren't having to pay 40 bucks for a copy of Foe, which is what it's running right now because you can only get it for the second-hand market. So uh, getting those edits reviewed and then getting those things republished, I'm super excited about that. And while Corey has taken uh, a week to get anything done, I shot five videos this week. Uh, one is out today. It's the update on my Suterra Pillow review. Uh, and I have reviews not really reviews, unboxings, if you will, of uh, several products I think might interest people uh, if you get Instagram ads like I do. Kizik Shoes, uh, Sand Cloud Towels, uh, Update on My Mouth Armor box, a whole bunch of stuff. So, a lot of stuff coming. Keep an eye out for that.
0: Nice. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't
1: know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the Anthem Podcast, part of the Anthem Digital Network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody.
0: All right, now to turn the air back on, because it is getting stale in here.